What's this? What's going on? Why are you crying? Your friends are making fun of you? For believing in him? Of course Santa's real. Look at this scar he gave me. From Absolutely Productions, this is Branchburg with Brendan and Corey. My name is Donald Franson, and I've been running Franson's tie-tying shop here in Branchburg for the past 37 years. Every morning, men come into my shop, take a seat, and I tie their ties for them before they head off to work. I'll typically unlock the shop at around 5.30, get the early birds in before they start their day, and then our main foot traffic is between 7 and 8. Prices are the same as they were when I first opened up. $5 for a half Windsor. Ten for a full. How's it look? Uh, yeah. It, it's a little tight, but yeah, it looks good. All right, let's ring you up. My customers are a mix of people who don't know how to tie their ties and people who do, but just prefer the way I tie them. I've tied thousands of ties over the years. I've tied for judges, principals, and yes, I once tied the tie of Brian Michael Philbin, a.k.a. the Branchburg Thrasher. Look, I didn't know it was him. I mean, how was I supposed to know? None of the sketch composites looked like it. Oh, that. Uh, that's a picture of when uh, Clinton came in. I think it was 95, 96. He was campaigning, and I tied his tie for him. Wasn't enough to win my vote, but he was nice. Uh, just take a seat, George. I'll be with you in a minute. I'm in a bit of a hurry today, Donald. Okay, okay. I got punch cards for my business. I tie your tie nine times, and... On the 10th, I give you a free packed lunch I made. Now, that's a PB&J, a cheese stick, and an apple. Most customers are businessmen on the go, so I pack with that in mind. Now, we sponsor a Little League team every year. Pay for the kids' uniforms, and we get our business name printed on their backs in return. It's cute. Uh, this photo is when our guys won the league championship back in 2004. Thought they'd bring the trophy back here, but I guess they had other plans pretty ungrateful if you ask me so yeah i've been doing this a long time my hands aren't what they used to be i'll be the first to admit that so i've been grooming my son to take over the business that's him over there sweeping up all the loose buttons he's gonna do a great job i think he's even got his old man beat when it comes to tying ties so yeah he'll be ready because in a few months a 18 wheeler is gonna crash into the storefront kill me on the spot I had a vision about it a little while back. Very graphic. It's a bummer, sure, but I've come to peace with it. I've lived a pretty good life. I mean, I got to tie the president's tie. Didn't vote for him, but he was nice. My name is Donald Franson, and I've been running Franson's Tie Tying Shop here in Branchburg for the past 37 years. The day before prom, the high school had all the juniors and seniors walk to the senior parking lot, where a team of first responders were going to give a presentation on what would happen if you chose to drink and drive after the dance. Using a donated car, the team planned to use the jaws of life to rescue a dummy trapped in the driver's seat. This wasn't the first time the school had tried this. Last week, there was a miscommunication, and the first responders went straight for a school bus. Firemen stabilized a flailing bus driver's neck, 
then used the jaws of life to cut the school bus directly in half. The back half of the bus then rolled downhill at 10 miles per hour and collided into the side of a nearby church, causing over $10,000 in property damage. But on the day before prom, they finally nailed it. With the exception of one rogue fireman's axe slipping from his grip and breaking the school's LED welcome sign, it seemed like the students finally got the message. The school had one last surprise, though. They had 14 of our classmates come into school dressed in all white and with their faces painted like ghosts. They went to their normal classes, but they had to be silent the whole day to signify they were dead. I guess it was to show how many people die in DUI crashes? Like if that number was actually applied to your surrounding peers. Anyways, James Delafield came in as a ghost, which Alex Munt saw as a chance to ask James's girlfriend, Sarah Plemings, out. James watched Alec flirt with Sarah, but since he had to be silent for the day, all he could do was moan and bang on his desk. Tyler Poshberg was a ghost, but he also hit a home run during gym class. The gym teacher yelled at him over the cheers of his classmates. Audrey Cowell was another ghost. I remember her from pre-calc last year. Anyways, she even kept it on at prom, still not talking to anybody. Just stood in the middle of the dance floor. Dan Medley misread the instructions and came in dressed as the devil. He got suspended for the rest of the year. Tammy Deutsch was chosen as a ghost, but she threw up during AP US History 2 and was sent to the nurse's office. There, Ben Delgado awoke from a nap on his cot and saw her standing there. Unaware of the exercise the school was doing, he thought he had died and sprinted down the hallway screaming that he was in purgatory. He dove straight into the art room and broke his arm. Jake DeSantos came in as a ghost, but was then suspended after he walked into the faculty room and tried to grade his own test. I guess he thought being a ghost meant people would have to treat him as if he was invisible. Daniel Sullivan thought it was spirit week and ran home to paint her face, but when she came back, she got locked out. It started pouring, so she climbed through a window to get back inside. It turned out to be Mr. Armstrong's guidance office, who screamed when he saw the wet-haired, pale-faced, small girl tumble onto his desk and ran out of his office. He told a group of kids in his waiting room that they should just join the army, then walked out of the school forever, refusing his last paycheck. Henry the custodian came in as a ghost, but no one was really sure why he was part of this exercise, or why he would be in a scenario where he would drink and drive after prom. But he seemed to be enjoying himself, so no one said anything. There was another kid who came in as a ghost, but no one knew who he was. We quickly learned that it was his first day, but that he was still randomly selected for this. I think he moved a week later. As for me, I wasn't a ghost. But I have to repeat senior year again, so maybe next time around I'll get the nod. I really dropped the ball this past semester. Got distracted. Started mouthing off to my teachers. Began showing up to school barefoot for some reason. Who knows? Maybe being a ghost next year will be a nice college application booster. The Easter Bunny's real. That's how I got this glass eye. A small boy knocks on your front door. He holds an axe and quietly asks if he can cut down any of your old trees for you. You're in luck, you say to the small boy. There's a cherry tree in my backyard that's lost its way and become dead. If you could cut that down, that would be great. The small boy nods his head. 
You're a very industrious young man, you say. A lot of boys your age would be inside on the computer, or perhaps be at school, but not you. You're trying to make something of yourself. You smile at the boy. He reminds you of yourself at that age. You were also a very industrious young man, and now you work for Verizon Wireless. Then the small boy speaks again. Twenty dollars, please, he says. You laugh. A regular man of industry, a young Dale Carnegie on our hands, you say. Sure, the price is a bit steep, but you've really been meaning to chop down that cherry tree. Plus, you can't seem to find your axe, and it's cold outside. You reach into your wallet and take out a $20 bill. It's the boy's now. Here you go, you say. Buy something wonderful with this. The boy takes your 20, and before you can offer him a cup of hot water, he's made a beeline for your mailbox. Once there, the boy raises the axe over his shoulder and slices the mailbox in two with one perfect thwack. Instantly, you scream in agony and crumble to the ground. When you finally get yourself together and look up, the boy is gone. You look around frantically and realize that every mailbox on your block is chopped perfectly in two. That is, every mailbox except for the one belonging to your neighbor across the street. You then notice that the small boy, the boy you once considered to be just like yourself at that age, now stands at their front door. He quietly asks your neighbor the same question about old trees he just asked you. You decide to tell your neighbor that this boy will just take her $20 and destroy her mailbox, that this boy is no Dale Carnegie, that you're starting to suspect that the axe the small boy is carrying is your axe that you can't seem to find. But before you can even leave your front porch, you get a phone call. It's your car insurance company. They want to offer you a discount on this month's car insurance payment to reward you for being such a loyal customer. You smile softly. The pain of having your mailbox sliced in two by a small boy begins to fade away. Hey, that's a pretty good deal, you say to the insurance agent. That's a pretty good deal. Everybody wants to see my teeth. 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 No, sweetie, I I can't shoot that man. Yes, I know you don't like him, but whether we like it or not, he has a right to say that everybody wants to see his teeth. No, Daddy doesn't know when he'll stop. It might not be for a while. It looks like he has a lot of energy. This might just be the type of thing he needs to get out of his system. Yeah, it's it's the same man from yesterday. No, sweetie, again, I, I really, I can't shoot him. Throw something at him. Hmm. What do you even mind? No, I can't throw that. It's, it's too heavy. I'm sorry. Look, if you don't want to stand out at the bus stop, I'll, I'll drive you to school. It's okay. No, I, I can't even shoot him in the foot, sweetie. I'm, I'm sorry. Everybody wants to see my teeth. 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 to hire a spy it's the only thing I'm good at but no one in this town wants to spy on each other people are too nice here 
I wish I lived in the city where they need more spies. Should I move to the city? I'd need a subway pass. But I don't like the subway. Why does no one need a spy here? People have been yelling at me since I put a spy for hire ad in the paper. They think I'm gonna start trouble. They throw rocks at me, children and adults. No one likes a spy. I wish there was still the Cold War. Then they'd want me. Those were the days. But no one needs a spy now. What's the point? Back to bed. Hey, Bill, can you come in here? Want to get your eyes on this. Yeah, what's up? Trying to make heads or tails of this application. Corey Snorowski entered Branchburg High School in the fall of 2008. Didn't graduate until June of 2015. That's six years. I mean, the first five and a half years, he got D's and F's. And his only extracurricular is he participated as a ghost his last semester. What does he mean by ghost? Doesn't elaborate. Just says, chosen as a ghost, May 28th, 2015. Look. Hmm. No other extracurricular activities, no community service or anything like that? He was just a ghost for one day? I mean, that's what it says. Why is he applying to Dartmouth? I, I don't know. Beats me. Gotta admire it, I guess. What the hell do you know about what I admire? Oh, come on, Bill. So now you're gonna tell me what to admire? Get, fine, give him a full ride, see if I care. Bill, I didn't mean it like that. Thanks for asking for my opinion on it. <sighs> Four more days and you back him over with your car. Four more days. Atlantis is real. I got a DUI there. Why are you crying? Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to This is Branchburg with Brendan and Corey. They'll be glad you did. <laughs>